This is Colossus, and you're listening to The High Regard Show. Hey everybody, I'm Tom. And I'm Nikki. And this is The High Regard Show. In which we talk about things we hold in high regard. Very high. High above Harlem. Way up on the third floor. Moving on up. Oh, don't get better than that. Nope, sir. The things we do for you, listeners. Press buttons like a sausage-fingered freak. We don't listen to Tom talk enough. Oh, please. I got a hot mic here. (laughs) And I heard you were ready. I am ready. Well, well, welcome to the show. (laughs) That's what I got to say. He was practicing that before. like, And I was like, that's how he's going to greet the listeners this and, week. And you know why? Because I knew you were going to do something goofy as all hell where I'd be able to use that for the listeners all week. Well, you wait. You are the one who hits the button. So you know when you should be hitting the button to have a nice quiet start to the show. But you like to catch me in moments with my hair down is... So it were. Not so much because it was completely quiet until I pressed the button <laughs> and then you had your tiny laughing fit for I don't even know what the hell you were laughing over. Because it's just if we don't laugh, we're going to go insane, man. Oh, is that what it is? Are we to that point already? We are to that point, man. I am like reverting back. <laughs> yes, to go like on. when I was like 14 and I would be like cloistered up in my hoi. What, what is, is the what word you're looking for? You're hoisted up in Hold your room up. I at wanted age to say, of 14. What the hell is going on in your house? <laughs> shh, 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 shh. I saw the girl next door. I know how these things happen in the woods. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> anyway, while you yes. were walking Kona last night, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do what Nikki does when Nikki's left alone in the apartment because Ty wasn't home. Yeah. So I put on music because I... We talk about this a lot that I feel like I don't listen to enough music or like I never used to watch TV. So I'm like, I need to like, I take that time, like that 45 minutes or whatever. And I just like listen to music. And last night I just wanted to listen to Skid Row. I just wanted to be that 14 year old metalhead again when the only thing that I was worried about was my parents bursting in and saying like, you need to lower your music. See, now... Now that we're older, the main thing I was worried about was, did you forget that you were talking about being hoisted up in your room at age 14? Like, how are we on the skid row right now? Because I was being holed up. I, no, I thought I got we'd... it now. I got it now. It came full circle. Because I would just, like, go in my circle. room, and I would, like, write, and I'd read, and I'd blast my, like, hair metal. And it was always, like, skid row and poison and Motley Crue and, like, just all these, like, 80s glam bands. Because that was, like, when I was, like, a teenager, you know, when that shit was popular. Yeah. So I was just like listening to Skid Row last night and it was just like, man, like I just remember blasting this music being like, oh, is this going to be the night? Like, I'm going to turn it up a little more. Like, are they going to burst in on me now? And that was like the only thing that I was worried about was like just them coming in and yelling at me. And now it's like there is so much shit to worry about. Well, yeah, man. I don't like it. Well, no. And it's not going to get better because, you know, it's what it is. It is what it is, man. And we're just going to try to get by one Skid Row song at a time. It's going to be a long road. (laughs) It's going to be a long road. If that's our choices, like it's to just like, just listen to Skid Row songs while the world falls apart around us. This journey blows. As it were, my first mosh pit that I ever saw was at a Skid Row show. Really? Really. There was a mosh pit because at a Skid Row show? It was because Pantera opened for them. Hmm. I kind of see that. I saw my first condom at that show because somebody blew it up and like was batting it around. And then I got put into the mosh pit and I had to kick a guy in the shins to get out of it. Wow. It sounds like you just described the Pennsylvania health class. <laughs> well done, Nikki. Thank you for letting us behind the scenes of your sexual education. Hey, why don't we go into a, a safety feature of our own and get into your herd and off of this topic? Okay. Your herd. Oh, don't we just have some fun? Yeah, we do sometimes. <laughs> this week's you heard comes to us from the Uptown C at 42nd Street. Oh, what's her name? <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday. 
I want to be married, <laughs> but maybe not to you because I want to keep my options open. Mm. You came home and told me that. I was so fucking riled up over this fucking I couple. I don't know why. Like, it was it just pissed me off. It was this, like, very, like, like, successful Indian couple, like a young Indian couple. I think he said he was, like, in his late 20s. And he just was, like, belittling her. And she would, like, back off. She would, like, argue just a little bit. And then she would back off. And then, like, then they would change the subject. But then, like, every single conversation turned into, like, him berating her for something. Like, how she lied after she got drunk at a wedding and drove home one time. And he's like, well, you said that you you got a cab. Jesus Christ, what did you find out the whole life story? He was talking so unbelievably loud. I actually, I turned, I was playing my game as I always do. And then I heard this and I hit my, I shut my music off. And then because it was after, like it was late. So I could stretch out. So I got my journal out and I just started like eavesdropping on them. Oh my God, man. You are so creepy. I'm not creepy. I'm nosy and I'm inquisitive and I'm a social anthropologist. The world appreciates the fact that you are a technological retard. Because if you weren't, you would be like, you would be like the NSA, just just recording everyone's conversations honestly, to listen to later on. Honestly, I would love to work for the NSA for that reason. Like, but I wouldn't want to do. I, I don't do anything with it. I am just fascinated by why people are the way they are. Like, I want to know. Like, I I want to know how you met. I want to know what your dreams are. Like, I just like I love knowing oh, how people live them. their life. You would have lightened the mood a little bit. All things considered, I was reaching the point, and I just kept looking up at him, and he was looking at me, and he knew that I was like pissed, and he was like almost. Almost pushing it to see if I would say something. Well, whatever, man. It's just what it is. So that was <laughs> that was one of my most aggressive like overhearings, like that I because usually I just pick up a snippet, but this, but we were on the train from Fulton Street until Forty Second Street on the C. So we had like you had a lot, you a had a bunch of stops. Ride, yeah. So it was like, and it was the car was spread out, so it was just like, but he was being so loud as he was talking to her, and it was just absolutely just. Oh, it riled me up. It grinded my gears. Well, yeah, you came home, and that's like the first thing you started going into, and I'm like, I don't want to listen to your crazy stories tonight. That's the way it was. Save it for the show. Like, I'll listen then, man. So yeah, because you're having, on. you're offering such good to the conversation right There's now. There's so much going on. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, that's this week's You Heard. Like, I don't think it would be a high regard show if, like, we didn't get mad at each other at least once during a taping. It's not good when we're not mad at each other. We've tried recording where we're, like, where we just, like, don't have the friction of something going on at some point. You know? When there's no friction, no one cares about that. Oh, look at you. Fucking holding hands, walking down the sidewalk, looking like you're in love. I want to get up behind you and kick your legs out just so you chip a tooth on the way down. Like, that's the Jack hold on Riverside Drive. (laughs) And seriously, like, what story are you going to go and tell your friends? You witness something like that. You're not going to go and just be like, oh, I saw this, you know, this couple walking and holding hands today. Because whoever you tell that story to is going to be like, who gives a shit? But if you say, I saw a couple walking down the sidewalk being all happy and holding hands today and some psychopath ran up behind (laughs) one kicked his foot out the dude lands on his face and chips a tooth i'm all behind that story i I want to know everything that i can know about that story (laughs) like seriously did the tooth go through the lip did it chip okay did they chase the guy after it was over okay but you see it's the friction that you need friction so you're basically you're saying is my couple fighting on the train was boring to you no it wasn't boring to me but it would have been funnier if somebody would have chipped a tooth that's what I'm saying to you. Because I feel like everybody fights on the train. And then as far as us on the show, when we're like calm and stuff like that, it's just like... 
It's just yeah. no good. It's just no good. Because there's not we... enough. Because there's not enough anguish out there in the world. But I feel like maybe that's what it is. Maybe I feel like when you we're have to have clicking, the tornado yeah, all the time. Yeah. When we're when we're like clicking and things are going good and everything's smooth, I feel like at that point in time, people are looking at us at like the couple walking down the sidewalk. When there's a little friction between us, now they got a story. They got a story of a jackhold. Usually you. You're the jackhold. I'm one. the jackhold. Like you're just I am known the for being the jackhold. Remember remember when you had like your friends from work? What did they wasn't jackpot a nickname that we had with them? Hot fudge and jackpot and hot fudge. And I think I was a jackpot. Oh yeah. What the hell were we doing? What, like hot fudge because because you like hot fudge and I you love yourself some hot fudge. In fact, we have some slowly going rancid in our fridge right now from Don't friendly. Don't you touch that hot fudge? I paid extra for a pint of hot fudge from friendlies from friendlies just so that I can have it if and I it's, need it. You know it's going bad. Like I it's don't care. Going bad. I'm gonna eat it. It could be like the story of the guy who ate a peanut, ate a peanut, ate a peanut, got sick, died. He ate a peanut. I'm getting hot fudge. Screw him, man. Like, I'm still doing better than that guy. Who died eating a peanut? You know that old song. It's an old song. We can't sit here silent while you think about the old nursery. No, I'm just like, I'm fascinated by this story right now. Had a peanut last night. You know it? No. Well, I guess you aren't alive in the time of Barbara Court. Barbara Shop Quartets. Barbara Quartz. You know that bitch? I don't know her. Anyway. <laughs> so we have a guest this week, don't we? We actually do. All right. We well, actually let's get serious do. for Christ's <laughs> sakes. I know. We had our we had our fun now. Back to business. Yes. So. Yes. Actually, my friend Jason, who I used to work with, mm-hmm. is putting on his very first benefit concert. And this guy goes to more concerts than anyone I have ever known. And I've known a lot of people who go to a lot of shows. I'm not just some guy. I'm not just some. (laughs) I don't just play this on TV. (laughs) But he goes to, like, shows all the time. And I mean, like, I remember a week he went to, like, three shows in a week. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Like, I just like to get home and put my jammies on. But he will go to, like, all these shows everywhere. He sees some great names. But he is putting on, well... The music magazine that he founded like way back in the 90s called Perfect Sound Forever is putting on a benefit at the Bell House in Brooklyn. Mm. And it's featuring Cindy Wilson of the B-52s, who is fabulous. I I love her. I love the B-52s. I know. How could you not love the B-52s? They're so fun. Like, they're just so fun. Khaki King and Amy Rigby. Now, the thing that is the hook for me is that this is a benefit for Planned Parenthood NYC. Yes. Which you have some very deep ties into, don't I you? I have, I do, I do. I was a, I was a longtime patient of Planned Parenthood back in Pennsylvania, because my parents never talked to me about sex. I knew nothing about anything. So, like when it became of age, when women are blossoming and what have you, my best friend took me to Planned Parenthood, and she's like, "Look, go here. They're great." And I went to them up until like I was in my twenties and had insurance of my own. And, you know, it wasn't just a thing that I did as a kid. Like I stayed with them until I was like in my late twenties. And I they were just great with they're great with young people, teaching them how to be safe, how to, you know, make sure that you're taking care of yourself. And I just I will do anything for Planned Parenthood. Well, I mean, the big thing about Planned Parenthood is you know that it's more of an educational thing than anything else. Like, that's what it's there for. Right, and that's why I get so fucking frustrated and angry when people are just like, abortion. All they think about is abortion. It's such a small part. It's it's 3%. It is 3% of what they do, and they don't even do it in all of their their facilities like across the country. They don't. Like, mine didn't have that service because, you know, we were in Pennsylvania. So people just have this preconceived notion that something is the way that something is something and that's it. And it's so not because yeah, I was a sexually active teenager. So were all of my friends and like, whatever, I'm not going to be shamed for that. Why would you be? Who cares? Lucky you compared to all your friends. Right. And like, I mean, and some of my friends were really stupid. Shut up. And some of my friends were like really, really stupid. And you know, they were just doing crazy shit and stuff. And now like, 
they're paying have, the price. And now they're like, yeah. So it's like, you know, it takes two seconds to say to just be 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 smart and be safe and there's people there to help you and teach you and i think it's bullshit that people want to take away from that so again i will do anything for planned parenthood and that's why we're having jason on the show all right well why don't we roll that fabulous bean footage So, Jason, thank you so much for coming on the High Regard Show. We're really excited to spread the word about your event at the Bell House. Can you tell us how this uh, Planned Parenthood benefit came about? Well, it happened because I failed to do a Christmas album. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like you yourself or put together like a compilation Christmas album? Well, luckily, no. I I can't sing. I I can play the kazoo a little bit (laughs) and hum, but that's about all. Um, Well, here's how it went. Um... During the last election cycle, if everyone wants to remember that, <laughs> um, a big scapegoat was Planned Parenthood, and um, they were getting picked on all the time. Right. And I was kind of upset about that, and I wanted to donate, and it just kept being worse and worse, and I thought, you know, donation ain't going to cut it. There has to be something more. So uh, for a long time, I'd been a fan of Christmas songs as kind of a lapsed Jewish guy who <laughs> knew there aren't a lot of Hanukkah songs to really in the holiday right so i thought why not do a christmas uh record that you wouldn't gag to so i would find you know a bunch of artists that i liked and ask them to do kind of non-schmaltzy weepy versions of christmas songs right that would benefit planned parenthood nice and the legalese for all that was just mind-blowing and it was obvious it you know wasn't realistic so in conjunction with that i was also thinking of doing a show to kind of promote the record so it looked like uh the better path would be just to kind of do the concert itself okay and how long was it in the works oh god this started in the spring i think wow (laughs) yeah and part of it was i had no idea what i was doing this was all kind of learning as i was going along and Luckily, being guided by people who did have some inkling about um, how to do this. So they kind of um, said, well, this is what happens, and you have to think of this and that. And the other thing was working with a couple of artists at once. You know, you have to kind of juggle with them and their managers and their touring people and the press and their labels and all that kind of fun stuff. So this wasn't just Perfect Sound Forever's first show. This was actually the first show that you, who's been to probably, I'm going to say, a million shows in your lifetime, this is the first one that you've actually put on? Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, like I said, it was kind of a steep learning curve, um, (laughs) not realizing everything that kind of goes into it, even from being um, at, you know, like a couple of thousand shows myself. (laughs) Sure. Do you think that you're, you know, is this the first of many that you see with that Perfect Sound Forever is going to put on? Or is did this kind of... Well, if know. there's anything left of me after Wednesday night, <laughs> um, we'll see if I can be scooped up and reconstituted. <laughs> um, what happened was we originally, I think we reached out to about 60 or 70 artists and about half replied and half of that said that they did want to do it so we were originally going to make it multiple days but because of scheduling and touring and recording and other commitments that they had we couldn't get you know everyone that we wanted but they did say that in the future they would be interested in doing that so um, I think there is a possibility that we could reach out to these other people who wanted to participate but couldn't and maybe do something for next year. Oh that's awesome and you know even you know without you know having all of the people that you wanted involved. I mean, you still have a pretty hefty lineup with Cindy Wilson from the B-52s, Khaki King, and Amy Rigby. You know, so how 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 is that, you know, feeling that, like, you have these really great names that are going to be on the bill? Well, I was uh, pretty excited that, you know, the three of them said yes, and all three of them have been great to work with and their management teams and, and everything. Um so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very proud of that. We also got a um, DJ. Her name's Remarkable, and um, she's going to be playing in between sets and, and throwing in some dance and Christmas stuff. 
And we also got um, Emmy Blotnick, um, who's the head writer at the President's Show on Comedy Central. She's going to be our MC for the evening. Oh, God. That, that ought to be a good time then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she's really good. I've seen her do stand-up before. She's really funny. Oh, awesome. And um, the, um, the uh, chief of staff of Planned Parenthood here in New York City is actually going to come out and just kind of thank the crowd, give them some information. And Planned Parenthood themselves are going to have a little info booth. Uh, set out to give out information. Uh, plus, we're going to give out Santa hats and candy canes and Christmas cards and all that kind of hokey stuff. Nice. So you get everybody in the spirit while they're doing some good. That's that's yeah, a good yeah. That's that's kind of how it goes. Yeah. Well, great. And what are you most excited to see? You know, being an organizer and you know the fact that you're probably the biggest music fan that I know. <laughs> um, just that it gets pulled off. I mean, the whole thing's going to actually start at about four o'clock where the acts have to start loading in and do their right. sound checks. And it's going to be right up until the doors open at 7. And then I had to put together an exact schedule about when the MC comes out, when the DJ sure. goes on, when the first act goes out. It's really a lot of clockwork with all these moving parts. So by the time it's done at 11 or 11.30 and everything actually goes off without a hitch, that's when I'll be really excited <laughs> that everything actually happened as right. I wanted to. So. Right, of course. Well, awesome. Well, I'm really happy about the show, and I, you know, I look forward Thanks. to hopefully coming out. Um, but let's talk a little bit about Perfect Sound Forever. You know, how did how did that come come to be? I mean, I know that you're this lifelong music fan, but how did you kind of start this publication online? I was bored and lonely. <laughs> perfectly honest with you. Um, this was back in the early '90s, and at the time, the web kind of barely existed. And mm-hmm. I, I know that's hard to imagine, but. <laughs> The, the web actually kind of came into being around 1990, and way back in the early 90s, it was really kind of simplistic stuff. Um, you couldn't even really do kind of transactions with credit cards or sure. anything like that, and, you know, there wasn't a lot of programming skill to, you know, put together pages. It was really kind of the caveman days right. uh, for that kind of stuff. So there actually wasn't a lot of music content and even you know the major labels and the big acts they barely dip their toes into putting anything out there and you know as a music fan i thought it'd be cool to kind of provide a resource so initially i wrote in a bunch of pen names because i couldn't find writers so <laughs> i was lewis and clark uh anarchy um misanthrope you know that, that kind of stuff but eventually um I guess word kind of caught on, and you know, I, I found people through mailing lists, news groups, and word of mouth, and even established writers who started working with me. And now I barely even write for the magazine anymore. I'm just the editor. Nice. And I just kind of collect stuff, and every two months we'll put out a new issue. We just put another issue online um, a day or two ago. Nice. So, yeah, we've kept it going, and believe it or not, we're actually the longest-running online-only uh, music publication. We're even uh, older than uh, Pitchfork. We're mm-hmm. not the first, though. There were a couple um, around, one or two when we started. One was a really good one called, I believe, Addicted to Noise, if I believe, by Michael Goldberg, and that was wonderful, very big inspiration, but I think we're the ones that have been longest-standing. Wow, that's awesome. I had no idea. Even, you know, in all the music conversations we've had, I don't think I ever remember <laughs> us talking about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Now, you know, like you said, you've been to thousands and thousands of shows. Um, you go to more shows, I would say, in a month than most people go to in their entire life. Is there a show that just stands out to you, like, as of right this second, as your number one show over the years? Um, you know, I... I, I don't think of, like, one in particular. I mean, I could tell you, like, for arena acts, who are the, the ones that I love the most, um, I think Madonna, Prince, and Springsteen are the three that kind of stand out in my mind that really put on the best kind of large-scale shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I, I don't know, I kind of think of acts, you know, shows where I've seen, like, all in one night for non-festival shows, like, one after another, amazing kind of things, like... Kanye West played the garden once, and his opening acts were Pharrell, <laughs> Rihanna, um, 
and uh, Lupe Fiasco, and this is all one evening and not right. even a festival, and you're like, how the hell can that happen? Right. No, I actually, yeah. yeah, I reviewed that show when it came through when I lived in Pennsylvania, Yeah. and it was insane. It was, I think, like the biggest selling show that that venue had, and Kanye, right. it took like Kanye like an hour and a half to come out, like, so I was pissed, but it was like, <laughs> yeah, but everybody else was like, so, so good to see. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, you know, that kind of stuff stands out because you're like, I, I can't believe I'm here. I'm, I feel really privileged to be right. witnessing that. And there was also a Root show at um, Radio City where they had um, Erica Badu, uh, Dave Chappelle, and Jay-Z. And, again, you're watching all this thinking, how how am I so fortunate <laughs> right. to be here? I mean, this this is so amazing, my right. God. And But, you know, I have to say at the same time, I've been to shows at small clubs where there have been like 10 other people and still had a wonderful time and it stood out just because it was so fun and engaging and the acts were so good. There was this kind of English novelty act, a guy named Frank Sidebottom, who wears this big kind of cartoon head. And I don't know if you remember the movie Frank. Yeah. That was based on him. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I actually saw him the last time he played in the States, like about a year before he died. And not everyone was into it. Some people at the bar actually made fun of him, but I loved it. It was <laughs> wonderful, and that show will always stick out in my mind. That's all. Yeah, I can imagine why it would. I mean, I can totally understand that. So it's more about an experience. It, it's as much about the experience as it is about the music that you're hearing then. Yeah, I mean, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I've seen, you know, horrible arena shows. I've seen crappy uh, smaller uh, shows, too, but... I don't know. It's it's the circumstances. I mean, it's your own mood too. Also, in the crowd itself, if right. they're into it, you know, that kind of sweeps you up and everything. Right. So yeah, I mean, that all those kind of combinations help things stand out. Awesome. And do you like I? You know, I go to you know I not as many as I used to, but I still try to go to a fair share of concerts a year. So I keep like my tickets in a really special little booklet. Do you you know have a huge ticket collection that you yeah. keep too? Absolutely, yeah. In fact, I have the one from the first one I went to. Um, the the only bad thing, though, is because most of the time they're print out or they're mobile tickets. You know, yeah, it's about to disappear. I mean, you don't really see that. I I maybe collect, you know, ten tickets a year, if that, maybe even less. Yeah. And I it used to be everything was you know a ticket here, ticket there, and. You know, I have them all stashed away, and God knows what I'll do with it. Maybe <laughs> when I'm old and kind of senile, I'll kind of thumb through it and say, did I go to that? Really? Oh, okay. Must have been fun. Hopefully. It'll be a nice reminder. <laughs> I guess. Hopefully, you know. And what's your first ticket? What was that show? Uh, the first one was um, Judy Collins and Arlo Guthrie at uh, Tanglewood. I think it was about 77. My parents took me there to see the Boston Pops, and um, I kind of liked Arlo, and I begged and pleaded with them to get us to go to the show and my dad didn't like but I I was thrilled I was so glad to see that (laughs) awesome and you know being that you've seen some of the biggest names in music over the years is there someone that you just never were able to see or you haven't seen yet that you really wish you have uh yeah um I actually had tickets to see Ray Charles um and um I sold the ticket thinking I'll see him when he comes back and that was his last New York show he he died not not long after Uh, that and I always hated myself for that and (laughs) Um, never saw Frank Zappa or David Bowie, and again, I had plenty of opportunities to, and I kept thinking, oh, I'll see him next, next time. time. Nope, right. no next time. Yep, same. So my <laughs> my advice is, if there is an act you want to see, don't wait because you never know. Right, exactly. We have we pay whatever we can to see McCartney every time he comes <laughs> around because that is going to be a dark as hell day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've seen him about five times, yeah. and. You know, I, I definitely am not looking forward to when he's gone, but no. I don't know, at some point with some acts, I think, you know, I, I kind of got the point, and, you know, there's only so much time and so much money you can spend, and, right. you know, if you're a real fan, you're a real fan, you can't gain say that, you're going to go, so. Right, exactly. And finally, you know, what is your musical Christmas wish this year? <laughs> the show goes off without a hitch. I think that's really... <laughs> Uh, the big one. Um, I don't know. Otherwise, it's been, I think, a great year for singles. I I actually keep a list, and I'm up, up over about 180 now um, for singles. Uh, albums, eh, not as much. I mean, that's, that's kind of indicative of a, the digital era that it's kind of tougher to put together um, 
real solid records anymore. I mean, there is good stuff out there, but I mean, for singles, there's plenty and plenty of stuff out there. You just have to keep your ears open and not keep blinders on saying, oh, I'm only going to listen to that or that. Right. And how do you find, you know, these singles? Um, Well, you stay on mailing lists Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, different publications put out stuff. Um, My favorite is a place called Hype Machine um, that's online, and they come out with kind of a... um, aggregator of stuff that they get from different sites and blogs and everything and that's how I found out about a lot of stuff but there's also like I'm trying to think Bleep and Boomcat or uh, good techno sites and then publications (laughs) like Fader um, put out good lists so you know you just have to kind of keep your ears and eyes open and you know there's plenty of good songs around and uh, I think that's what kind of makes things enjoyable. Awesome. Well, Jason, it was awesome catching up, and I'm really glad that you know we were able to help get the word out. So thanks for yeah, coming well, on the show. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks. Nice talking to you. All right. Take care, buddy. Okay. So that was Jason. And uh, you've been saying you wanted them on a show for a while now, and it's about time you've Finally got it under yeah, control. because I always had some music questions I wanted to ask. And one thing was, like, really funny. Like, I remember when I started the job that I worked at with him, when he told me, like, almost the first day, because we just, you know, start because music is something that, like, I love, so it's, like, something I probably talk about with people that, like, I just meet or something, you know, it's just right. something I do. And I remember he said, like, oh, you know, like, what kind of music are you into? And I was like, Nick Cave, you know, and I listed, like, like, Nick Cave was the first thing that I said, which I think, like, gives me some cred. Because not oh, a lot well, of people, uh, like, you know, know him. It's not like I, like, oh, my God, Bruno Mars. Like, no. <laughs> people really get excited about knowing Bruno Mars? Maybe they might. I mean, I people love don't. him. People oh, love him. I guess so. But anyway. <laughs> so, and then afterward, he told me, he's like, you know, like, we were talking about music and shows. And, you know, we went to a bunch of concerts while I worked with him and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, it was like... He said, you know, I wanted them to hire somebody. Like, I told them they need to hire somebody with, you know, that that likes music and knows music and stuff. And he was like, I'm really happy because we would always just talk about music. So, Does he have that much pull there? He, Yeah, I mean, like, it was three people that worked there. Yeah, so I you guess. You know what I mean? So you work so closely. So, I mean, but I think it was just like he was just saying that, you know? Yes. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> and he's actually the one who introduced me to Brookfield Arts, which is like... You know, it's Brookfield, which is like a really fancy shopping center down in the financial district. But it's also like an arts program that, you know, they do lots of like music and arts and performances and stuff throughout the city, like in their properties. And he took me on lunch one day to see this like jazz pianist. And it was incredible. Like, and we just went across the street in this like building and just this guy was playing this jazz piano. And it was just like, wow. That's awesome. man. Yeah, it was like really cool. Well, I would say that, you know, in listening to the interview with him, um, I know somebody right now who is actually writing a book on like their what they feel is their 25 most influential people. Mm-hmm. Got used to work at the casino that I used to work at the casino with. And he would always write like these articles, but he'd always write about like Bruce Springsteen or like people that I do not like Bruce Springsteen. I can't stand him so much. Anyway. We know you hate Bruce Springsteen. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows but it. But he'd be writing about him all the time. But the thing that would piss me off is because after he'd write about him, he would then write about Paul McCartney. And it would be like going, oh, why would you do this, man? Right. Like, why would you mix those two things like one week after the next and then go back to Bruce Springsteen again? And it was like, oh, my God, it's so much. But anyway, the reason why I'm talking about this is because (laughs) he just signed a book deal from all these blog posts that he's done. And he's been he thought it was going to take about two years to just get a book company to allow him to like write, you know, get a contract to write this book. But he got it really, really fast. And they're helping him set up the interviews with the artists so that he can just go and interview them. But somebody like Jason even though you go to a lot of concerts, it doesn't necessarily mean that you know the people to get to in order to have people come and perform for you. Right, yeah, That's yeah. to the point that I was getting. Because, I mean, <laughs> you're looking at me like, there's no point to this. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, what it takes to get 
an artist to perform for you, mm-hmm. you know, or for your cause or whatever. What? You don't like the soft R in that? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it takes it takes a lot. We yeah. know just from trying to interview them and they're promoting yeah, their tough. own stuff, it's tough, let yeah. alone promoting your stuff. And I mean, the fact that he is able to, Jason is able to pull off a concert like this or this kid Jim is able to pull off being able to write a book like this, it's very, very impressive. Right. Maybe Jason more because he's getting less help where he don't have a book company like, you know, setting him up with the press contacts and people to get right. these people. Right. But I mean, he but, has connections. I mean, he's gone to like, he goes to South by Southwest. Like he did awesome coverage of South by Southwest, like interviewing, taking video and stuff like that. So it's like, I mean, and the magazine like has been around for like a really, really long time. Like he said, it was like one of the oldest, like strictly music magazines on the web. Yeah. That was awesome. man. When yeah. You were saying that. that was very, very cool. And, like, I just remember, like, you know, being – I remember learning, like, the internet. Like, I knew nothing about it. Like, absolutely nothing. We didn't have computers when I was in college. Like, toward the end, I remember, like, doing, like, advertising on a Mac. And I was like, I hate Macs. They're so hard. I don't understand this. Oh, you like it with everything. Uh-huh. You are like that with every technology. But I come around. At least I'm not like, you know, my parents who just completely, like, just nope. Yeah, you do come around. But sometimes it's so late. You're missing the Bitcoin train, man. It has left the station. You, you're, It's getting so far out of control, you're not even going to be able to get on the caboose of it. That's fine. Run, you hobo. Run. Jump on that caboose. That's Divorce fine. Too That's late. fine. I've got my little bandana bag thing, and I'm good to go. Where? In the middle of nowhere. Quiet. That's my Bitcoin train. Well... Wait, so you're saying, like, should I get on it because it's your Bitcoin train? You should get on your own Bitcoin train. We can glide oh, I side by side down the tracks. How I about that? I can't get on the Bitcoin train. I can't get on your Bitcoin train with you. My Bitcoin train is rather pricey right now. Mm, is it only for two, you and Kona? Yes. Yes. And Kona said... We cannot possibly squeeze another person in with us right now. It's hard enough going to... And she, like, as you're saying this, (laughs) she just, like, stretched out to take up even more of a second cushion on the couch. Well, she knows that, you know, we're getting close to the end of the show, and she wants to make sure she has a spot (laughs) for later on for, you know, cookie time or whatever. (laughs) She's such a little bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So, anyway, I just have to commend Jason for being able to pull something like this together. I yeah. mean, that's like very, very impressive. Most people, doesn't matter what the cause is. I mean, the fact that it is for such a good cause, you know, is ambition enough to kind of want to push. Most people would, though, would like, you know, start the first steps of something like this and just be like, eh, screw too it. Too much work. Yeah. It is. Or, man, I'm gung-ho for yeah. a day or two. And, and like then he's... day three, it's like, eh. But like, you know, to start the process of this in April, you know, or in the spring, whenever, and then like actually see this come to fruition, I think it's awesome. And I think it it is for a great cause and it is such a good lineup. And the Bell House I've heard is really, really cool. I've never been there, but I know a bunch of people who go there. Oh, yeah. It's a really cool place. Absolutely, man. And, you know, and we can get some of our listeners to get down to the show and check it out. Like, please do whatever you can. I mean, even if you, you know can't make it to the show you don't live in the area whatever i mean you could still buy a ticket to donate yeah exactly absolutely so the show is on wednesday december 6th uh doors open at seven the show starts at eight it's 21 and over and tickets are 20 dollars to 40 dollars all right and once again thank you so much to jason and um we hope that you know, everything goes good yeah. with the show, man. Yeah, thanks I for think coming it's gonna on. It's going to be awesome. And I hope it's the first of many for you to do. Yes. And um, with that, why don't we get into a potsy? Potsy. Or we could just listen to you do that for a few more minutes. Potsy. Change my mind. We cannot listen to you do that for a few more minutes. Potsy. Well, 
here we are once again with the Potsy, and it's the first time on a show for this segment, I feel like, where I can actually say, hey man, I've actually accomplished something. Hey man, you have. I did. Now, tell us what it you, is, Tom. Well, I was gone. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who have listened to past shows, you know that Nikki and I have both gotten Apple Watches. Mm-hmm. I got mine right after my bariatric surgery. In fact, my parents got me the Apple Watch as a gift. As a getting, push present, if you will. Really, seriously. Because <laughs> they're like, look, man, you're on a you're on a trail to a new life. Here's the Apple Watch. Like, Use it to try to get yourself motivated and moving. And right from the start, I felt that it was definitely a motivating factor. Maybe not for everybody. I mean, I've read reviews of the Apple Watch versus yeah. the Pebble Watch versus you're not Fitbit. something you're not someone who goes into anything like blindly. No, everything is greatly researched. And you know, I know a lot of people say, "Man, it's a it's a kind of an expensive gadget. If you're going to become a runner, you're going to become a runner whether you have a watch or not." You know, that's what it is. I like it because of the ridiculousness of their badges. Where it's like, <laughs> seriously, it's, it, you know, it's like Tom. you're offering me a reward system. And now it's just gives me the incentive to push. Tom wants to be a trophy kid. Like he like he he's jealous of the trophy children generation. But I'm willing to earn mine. I know. And when I don't I get I'm it. I'm just teasing. Put, I'm just no, no, teasing. but I'm saying I will. You know, we know last month I literally back in October missed getting a perfect exercise month. You did. By, Just barely. And I missed it minutes. by like seven calories that I missed burning one day. And it ruined the entire month. Right. So when November came around, I was like, no way, Jose. Like, I have to take you the dog like, for a walk every bitch. day. <laughs> I am 100% getting a perfect exercise month. Like for standing, for steps, for calorie burning. Right. Like all three. And that's how the Apple Watch sucks you in, man, because it makes you want to close all your rings and do better. So, I mean, you challenging yourself. And at first, you know, going back to Tom's point that I am a technical retard, which is a word, first of all, we shouldn't be saying, but second of all. But if it fits. I just, I I shun from change and I shun from new technology. Mm. However, after seeing just how just maniacal you were and how I knew that I needed to make a change with my health because I was going through a shit ton of my my own shit. Just listen back to the old shows, man. You will hear about all the nightmares we have gone through. Right. But like, so I didn't want anything to do with it. And then I saw how you were and like, and you kept, you were, because you always have to sell me on whatever it is that you're doing. And if it's good though, I want you to buy into it. And you want us to be something that we do together and stuff. And I really think that like, now a year later because i got mine for christmas i'm obsessed with it like i'm constantly like okay oh shit even though i'm really tired and i just came home i'm gonna (laughs) hop on our little pedal bike and like just get my second my you know things but usually i come home and i'm like nope i'm gonna go on a walk on lunch so it means that i'm getting away from my desk and some days are worse than others where like i can't get away but like i still like try to make a pass on lunch like I'll just walk an extra block just to like get a little loop in you know and I really think that it has transformed us absolutely and just recently a fr- like a friend of mine is in the market for thinking about possibly getting an Apple watch you and I both responded to her on social media right and you know you don't need the best watch you don't need to make phone calls from it or anything like that you need the motivational factors of it. Like you need for it to like buzz at 10 o'clock at night and say, if you just take a 15 minute walk, it puts it all in perspective. Right. Yeah. You know, like, it's kind of like all I need is 15 more minutes. It'll be crazy to like lose this whole day of a, you know, of exercise by not reaching my goal. But yeah. Like they, we do so much that we don't get acknowledged for, you know, I mean, <laughs> like I'm just saying like in life, like, you know, you do something and like so many times, like I've worked for companies that are just like, you know, you bust your ass and like, no, like nobody says like, hey man, good job. Or that was a good story or something like that. You know, like I'm lucky to be in that position now where like 
my higher ups and my coworkers and stuff like tell me things like that you know and like and we tell each other that but most people don't but most people that. don't have that and like most people like you know like you've seen the harried moms and stuff like that like just everybody's harried harried like just like the moms that are like dragging 37 children to oh, like 37 okay. places i mean most of they're it's probably harried most too, of it's their yeah. own I mean, making what time right? do they have to but like you just see these like just crazed moms and stuff and it's like nobody says thank you like it just Hey man, thanks for dinner tonight. Like I always make a point to like tell you that because I'm so thankful that I I'm coming home to something that I don't have to make anymore. And like I, I am so like you have no. I wish idea. I could say the same, but but you got to for a real long time. That's true. That's true. And I did say thank you every time you made dinner. You did. Are you looking at me? I, I just to do. okay. All right. Fair enough. Okay. I see where it's going. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. But you know, so it's just like. And like it's just that little nudge that it's just like, hey man, you did good. Today might have been shit in every other aspect, but like you did good on this, and that's something that you're doing for yourself. Like you're not walking for whatever. Like you're walking so that you are bettering yourself. Well, that's the reminder too. When that thing buzzes and says, like you are so close to your goal, or hey, you're a little bit behind today. We both got that message this week where the Apple yeah. Watch lit up and it was like. Usually by this time of day, you're a lot further along in your exercise. Yeah, because because there was one day where like I just was like really late with Kona, and I was like I can't take her for like because I usually try to give her like a nice big walk in the morning. Number one, so that like she just stretches those legs that have been sleeping all goddamn night, and then plus so that she could be like she's she does stretch them right into my back. <laughs> but just so that like she starts her day and then she can come back and she's gonna be chill for you while you start your day, you know. So it's just that, and then plus it's like I'm gonna take a bigger walk in the morning because I don't know what the day is gonna bring for me. Right. You know, so it's like it's twofold. It's like a two. It's a win-win situation. But it's so cool when you get that first. And I'm not trying to be like, but when you get that first month that everything like you closed every single ring 30 days in a row, you know, that normally wouldn't happen. Like if you were just running to run like you used to be able to. You wouldn't be running every day, so you no. wouldn't be getting that. Right. So now, like, because we have her and she has to go out and she's so needy because of those things. <laughs> I'm kidding. I would never say anything bad about her. Shut up. But because of that, like, you know, you're moving more because you have something that's relying on you for them to take be taken care of. Right. And I would also say that Although I closed all my rings, which is the good point, overall, I would say, feeling a little bit better. But it's deceiving, man, because even with feeling better, I'm still standing up and falling over. Right. And you had a situation the other day where you blacked out on the ramp. Yeah. Like you were coming back with her and you just kind of just things. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the weird thing about having pots is that. You don't know when it's going to happen. And that's the scary part. You and I also talked about this last night because um, my work is changing buildings. Nikki was nice enough to go down and pick up all my stuff that was in the office. because Which included home now. dumbbells. Can I just, can we just, dumbbells. I had to carry a goddamn bag of dumbbells. But I didn't get my nuts. Because they I were like a year expired. You could still eat nuts. When oh, you old. can. Of course you will. You fucking nuts. eat anything that crunches. Whatever. That's right. <laughs> well, I, whatever I can do to as keep long... you awake. I'm trying to help you, Nikki, stay awake for things. As long as I'm crunching, I'm happy. That's right. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, you went down to work and picked up my stuff and brought it back yesterday. And we were just, and I was like, man, I felt, you know, pretty good yesterday for the most part. But, you know, just the day before, I wound up falling, and it's like, going, right. you still don't know. Like, you could feel great. You can get on a subway platform, pass out, and roll onto a track, and who the hell knows? God forbid. Like, that is what I worry so much when you have, like, when I can't go to appointments with you. Like, I get so nervous of you. That's why I'm always like, take a car. Like, I know it sucks. Usually, I know it so. sucks, like, with the expense. Yeah, it's a hundred bucks round trip to go to, but, like, the doctor's office for $99. I could fly one way to, like, you know, Vegas when it's a special so it's a pain in the ass to have to pay that much money. But, I mean, those are my choices. I right. mean, that's what life is now. It's yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, and it's like, but, you know, I definitely think, and I'm going to keep saying this because we, when I, when we were home and I was show, like going through my mom's camera, 
and because she like always likes she takes animal photos and like nature photos and stuff so I'm always like looking through like oh this from the last time I was here and I went back to last Christmas and there was a picture of us and I mean like we look happy because I think like we're always generally happy with each other and stuff like that and just yeah whatever like we make do with all the like it's somewhere in the swirl of shit around us like we find like a, we find our center together we find a log to latch on <laughs> we to. do we do but the picture was just like it wasn't good you know like you didn't look good you looked like well thank you you had like, lo- like you had still like lost like some of your you know you had lost a good chunk of weight and stuff mm-hmm. but like it just you look so much better now because you're getting fresh air you're getting out of the house well it's an everyday workout it, but you know it's also harder because people look at you and they're like well you don't look sick now exactly at least when i look sick it look like okay well i look sick and i'm actually passing out so it all equals you know it all equals out right now i'm finding I, i'm not gonna say people don't believe it but i think sometimes people don't believe it <laughs> you right. know because no, they course. see me and they're like going you don't look too bad. But I mean, I'm sure that like, you know, everybody's kind of seen like that person getting out of the handicapped spot and like, you don't look handicapped. You're not in a wheelchair. You're not limping. You're not, you don't look sick, but you're like, and then you're like, well, maybe there's something else there that I don't know about. Maybe. But I think most people, gen- like most people generally are just like, why are you getting something that I'm not, you know? Yeah. Well, for those people who take handicapped spots who don't need them, I hope you get jackholed. <laughs> Jackled, we're right where you are. Jackled in the handicapped parking spot. We gotta end the potsy now. <laughs> and thus, with that, comes the end of the show as well. What? Thank you again, Jason, so much for coming on the show. You were awesome. And um, again, best of luck with the. Uh, the whole fundraiser that's going on. Absolutely. And, on Wednesday, December 6th at the Bell House in Brooklyn. Right. And I'm you sure the show will go off without a hitch and it'll be awesome. Yes. I just hope you make a shit ton of money to like just go and jackhole the government. Jackhole the government. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. People want to get loose with it. You let them. Man. You let them. If you want to get loose with the High Regard Show, check us out at highregardshow.com. And, of course, you can always write to us at highregardshow at gmail.com. And you can always find us on social media as High Regard Show. And, of course, don't forget to follow our studio manager and sleeping on the job always, (laughs) the Kona Persona. And uh, once again, everybody, thanks for tuning in. And we will see you again next week at this same time. Peace out, Cub Scouts. Good night.